This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Criminality, episode 30. This is the podcast where me, myself, and also Melissa, I, I, along with my co-host Melissa, talk about the reality stars who've gotten into some trouble because loving reality isn't a crime, but we sure know that some of them have gotten into crimes. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be here with you. Me too. It's, this is... Yes, I'm excited to be here with you, and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it's been longer than our normal time between. I don't know if life is just marching on in that way that life does, but it feels long. And it actually is a little bit less, I think, at least by like oh, a day really? or so. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So, I know. That's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a daylight savings. Let's, you know, blame it on that. I'll they blame it on it. literally anything and everything including my children. I'll do whatever. Oh, absolutely. How about we get right into it? And as a refresher, I will tell you my clues because it feels like it was so long ago, even though it wasn't apparently. Um, maybe you'll want to hear and maybe our listeners want to be reminded that my clues for this episode were Palmetto, Friends, and Michael. Did you, did those start clicking at any point for you? Yes, it did not click for me at all when we recorded because immediately when somebody says friends, I automatically go to the show and I don't even like the show. And it's still, then I just have like Chandler Bing in my head. So mm-hmm. then Palmetto and Michael, I knew we were in the Southern Charm universe and that's yeah. all I've got for you. Well, I mean, that's that's exactly where we are. Palmetto uh, is, I guess, the term for, this, for South Carolina. It's the Palmetto State because I knew if I said... South Carolina, it would be a dead ringer. Yeah. Um, and Michael's the, in my opinion, the hero of, of the show. He is Patricia's butler. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but a generic enough name that I didn't think it would give anything away because obviously can't say Whitney or Shep. So um, yeah, you know, there is such a thing as regrets. Sometimes we have them. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> we commit to these clues and then remember oh, that this is a terrible show. Mm-hmm. starring terrible people. Horrific. So what I'm going to do is focus in on on just two, and hats off to your Zoom background because he's one of them. Oh, good, good. I'm looking good. at very mustached Whitney on your end, and behind me is Patricia and, of course, dear Michael. Um, this show has far too many crimes, scandals, and legal issues to go into. It's like Pick a castmate, any castmate, and you could have an episode. Oh, absolutely. And just some, Melissa, were, were I would say, too dark, too toxic, and yeah. not what we like to cover here. So if you don't hear some people's names, it is for a good reason. Yeah. We're going to talk like early years and early seasons of Southern Charm. And just let's start with your impression. I've already said too much. Um, Who do you love? Who do you hate? Or probably who do you hate to love or love to hate? (laughs) Okay. So I started Southern Charm second season and I I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I knew that it like, it was just bananas. So I started it. Um, I, who did I love? Who did, I mean, I think it's a cop out to say Cameron, but I remember her from real, uh, the real world. And sure. so it was kind of cool to see her grown up and she seemed to have her act together, kind of the voice of reason. The people I love to hate, I never liked Shep. I will go on record saying that. Never found him charming. His mouth is always open and like, 
he just well, seems like yeah, and we now know he's breath. Shane's distant cousin. I mean, how could he ever have been trusted? We know him now to be of Shane's elk. I elk. know, <laughs> and the whole idea with those first seasons, right? It was like very much that Peter Pan syndrome. They talked yes. about that all the time. Yes. The boys not growing up, but like being okay that they weren't. It was. It's so bizarre that that show ever got on air. Um, Thank you. More so that it's still on air. I, I hate everyone. I, I like some of the girls. I like, um, who's the one that dated Austin briefly that does hair? That's Chelsea. So be- I love Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea was great. She can do no wrong in my book. Um, yeah, Chelsea no, I think. Chelsea was an even better Cameron, if that makes sense. Like, totally. she became what Cameron, I think they wanted Cameron to be. Mm-hmm. But she just was better. But she came on, obviously, later. Yeah. Um, I like to yeah. know me. Yeah, Nomi's great. No, she no A, me, just Nomi. Yeah, Nome, Nomi. Nomi. She reminds me of um, Amanda from Summer House. Oh, yeah. And they're both in, yeah. Is it just looks right? because they're both like drop dead, perfect featured. Symmetrical. Princess. But they're also like, they're, yes, they're both their structure energy. and their energy, their relationship with their parents. Like there's a lot of weird, mm. like synergy between them which I've only recently realized in re-watching Southern Charm and being on a major summer house kick I'm proud well, of you for that it one it sounds like thanks I've been watching backwards and it's wild it feels like I'm like in it. some alternate universe um, more about that another day sounds like we're on the same page about Southern Charm and today we're going to focus on the mother-son duo of the show but before Uh, I get into it. I thought a quick rundown of the main cast of characters from these first couple of seasons would be helpful. You've already touched on a couple, but for anyone who maybe hasn't watched Southern Charm, because surely there are some people probably who know exactly what it is and who do not watch. Right. You know, maybe don't go back and watch, but but here's a rundown. Mm -hmm. Uh, A man named Whitney. He is the son of Patricia. We'll get to her. He's the oldest of the friend group after Thomas. He is a, quote, indie film director and producer responsible for shows you probably know and love like Going for Baroque, Afternoon Delight, Torture TV, and a documentary called... Yeah, I didn't look into it further because I don't mm. care to go onto the dark web. Um, (laughs) He did a a documentary called Ultra Suede, which was probably his most successful project, which was about the fashion designer Halston. If Mm -hmm. I were to summarize him in like a line or a phrase if I was writing like a breakdown of the cast I would say trust fund weirdo yeah well one thing you didn't mention is that he was in the band Renob which is backwards something not Renob Uh, that's where I picked him for my background I'll never get over that well he does like to play the guitar and we will get to that (laughs) um Patricia is his mother she is kind of the matriarch no She is the matriarch of the show. She's a widow and a divorcee living very well off her previous husband's money. I don't know if she came from her own money. I did not. Unlike, I know it's very much my style to go back and like find these people's stories. I didn't. I couldn't. Um, She is a society lady of Charleston. Whether she came by that from her own lineage or not, I do not know. She is a total snob. I mean, when you watch her on TV, you're like, is she playing a part? Is this really who she is? I'm not sure. And I think some people celebrate her character because it is so almost outlandish and she made caftans very like fashionable. Like she's just a Southern lady, like kind of like a designing woman from Designing Women. Remember that show? But like, I love that. But not as amazing, but but kind of living into, yeah, they're likable and they were real and they had dimension, but kind of like in terms of hair and dress, like she looks like that kind of, um, that's her, that's her. Uh, brand, if you will. So that's Patricia. And then Michael, I've mentioned he's completely a peripheral character, but he certainly has a presence on the show as Patricia's butler. He makes the perfect gin martini. He brings her breakfast, lunch, dinner, and cocktails on silver platters. He chauffeurs her to McDonald's if she's craving it. And honestly, he's just lovely and like treats these imbeciles who come through her home graciously. Right. And um, they're Pat- Patricia and Michael's relationship and also their on-camera shtick. It, again, it's like, is this shtick or is this right. how she lives? And I think that's like the big conundrum with her is like, this actually just might be they turned the cameras on and this was already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it might be slightly embellished. A fun story about 
her and Butler's is at one point she was saying she needed a second Butler and she was looking to not get rid of Michael, but augment his right. <laughs> support in the house because running this big house needed more help. She was talking to, I think, Whitney about the gentleman she was hiring, thinking about hiring to be the second butler. And really the most important thing is, does he make a great gin martini? And she sure. said, I don't care if he's a serial killer as long as he makes a great gin martini. And I believe her. Do you no, know what no, I no. mean? For like, sure. she's not lying. No, no, no. She, that's, she just needs that in her system and whatever else happens, happens. Yeah. She can't be... Yeah, exactly. She'll ring her bell when she needs another if she wakes up. Oh, I forgot about her bell. Yeah. Yeah. She rings the bell and asks for her medicine. It's time for mm-hmm. her medicine. So <laughs> that is red flag galore. <laughs> yeah. It's like we call that functional alcoholism now. Like we right. like use the real words now. Um, again, could be shtick. So then we have Cameron, who you mentioned, kind of the straight woman of the show. And by straight woman, I mean playing the straight man. Like, she's supposed to be the voice of reason. She narrates a lot of this. She introduces us to the term Peter Pan syndrome. And she's only the only one not in the center of the hookups, which is a big part of Southern Charm. Is like, they're basically all, it's one big interconnected web of hooking up. Mm -hmm. And she's out of it. We learn early on in the beginning, she, she doesn't say anything about dating. Then she's dating. And then she marries her husband. And it's all off camera he wants nothing to do with it he's a doctor and so i mean great until the very last part. episode in the very last episode that they were in remember he is in the very Remind last episode me. i don't remember what it was but it even showed like a, a shot of like up his leg not up his legs but you know like from the floor to him and then he oh turned like around. a reveal yeah yeah yeah. like okay. okay we all know who he was like if this you have is... google you figured it out but he was only right. in the last episode that she was in this is making me wonder if I ever actually f- finished that last season. Yeah, I mean, okay, so it wasn't this season, but it was the season before. Okay. Right, because she's not on the last season. So right. mm-hmm. the season before last. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just maybe forgot about that. It wasn't interesting. Um, yeah, no, it's just I love that they like did a reveal though because, yeah, he's never there. And like you do wonder in the beginning, like why isn't she part of this? But that's why. Right. Um. So she also stirs stuff up. Like even though mm-hmm. she's not in the drama, she, her role is to like – people talking about each other. Um, and she's a very classic Southern girl, but not from money in the way that some of her peers are. Then we have Thomas Ravenel, who is a 50-year-old bachelor when we meet him. He is from a prominent South Carolina family. Ravenel name is huge. There's a bridge. You'll hear that more than once yes. in the show. He was previously the state treasurer of South Carolina, so it's like a real it's a major government official position. Right. He has political aspirations beyond that which plays out in the show but he did do a six-month stint in federal prison for cocaine use and distribution so that's kind of the thorn in his side and you know the distribution word is really interesting because he had more than was enough for personal use but Uh, not enough to be charged with selling and he makes a big point on the show i rewatched it and he's like i shared like that's why it was distribution it was like i had enough for my friends i mean this man who is now, you know, well, Ugh. we'll kind of get there, but we can't. That's why I, I could not cover Thomas's story. No, no. His gets darker all the time. Anytime I've looked up, if I see his name trending or out there, I'm like, I it's don't want to on this. It's scary. It's actually scary, especially mm. because we know they have young children together. Mm. And they being Catherine is the next person on the list. She's the youngest of this friend group. When we meet her, she's 21 years old and she looks 18. I mean, she is oh, yeah. a baby comparatively. I mean, Whitney's in his 40s. Craig's 25 and looks 35. Like, Craig yeah. looks better now than he did at the beginning of the show i need Um, to go back and look because he's looking a little bloated and not in like a oh heavy way but like his skin isn't going too hard looking healthy yeah agreed but he also doesn't look aged like he looked older then and he plateaued okay but i agree like his health maybe doesn't look great like he's not taking care of himself but he doesn't look 10 years older well it's not quite 10 years but almost wow anyway so he, he he's only 25 um, and then Shep's in his 30s. So they're, you know, an older group. And she's just so young. And she's also from a prominent Southern family, the Calhoun. I guess her last name is Dennis, but she's from Calhoun lineage. That was a former vice president of the right. country. And she's part of the drama because she, we learn in like the first couple of episodes, she's hooked up with three of the guys in the core guys in the group, Thomas, Whitney, and Shep. Yeah. Shep's not on my list, which is weird, but I can riff. Don't worry. Um, Shep Rose is a 
another trust fund kid, North Carolina family. Okay. Actually, I think they just have a cabin in, South, in North Carolina or in a, like in a state. I think they are South Carolina. Doesn't matter. He is very well educated. I forgot. He went to University of Georgia business school at Vanderbilt. Never worked. He just doesn't have to work. So he right. he's like probably the most prime example of the Peter Pan syndrome. He mm-hmm. literally just floats through his days, parties like five, six nights a week. Lots of women, doesn't settle down, doesn't really date anybody, just has fun. And I think he was supposed to be like the likable, goofy, yeah. but like super smart. So there's just something like so compelling about him or for a lot of people there were. And like you, I don't see it. I find him to be like smug and arrogant, not that attractive. Um, but a lot of them are tall. And I think this has been talked about that like sometimes just being tall makes you. That's so wild to me. <laughs> it is so wild Do you know what I mean? Yeah, nobody like, does that to women that are tall. I will tell you that right now. It's absolutely true. No, it's true. This is like a conventionally, like one of these gender stereotypes where it's just like, well, he's tall and good looking. And you're like, is he or is he just tall? And like his presence is big. Like, <laughs> do you know? Like, I don't know. Does he have to duck under doorways? Is that what you're attracted <laughs> to? <laughs> um, and then there's Craig, who I alluded to earlier. He is a law school liar. When we meet him, he's um, finished with law school, working at a law firm firm prepping for the bar but we find out later like had totally not completed things and was lying about a lot of it I like pathologically about that I yeah. forgot about that again oh not gosh. criminal but certainly shady and just really sad because we kind of just end up learning later that he just wants to sew pillows and so I think he was just trying to like make his way in the world he also wasn't from these pedigreed backgrounds he was from right. Delaware not the south Delaware. It's like not the South or the North. It's almost like the worst. Sorry. I forget Love Delaware. Exist. <laughs> I know. It's a very tiny um, state. Reminds but that's me good. Of, that means uh, there's not a lot of drama. There's n- no not drama a lot of bad in Delaware. Stuff coming Absolutely out of there, yeah. not. Can there's you remind me real quick, yeah. how did Craig get into pillows? That is, I feel like I've just missed something in my head. Just one day he was like, you don't like my sewing, but I don't remember how. Well, I don't remember the real like plotted like the plot point, but I yeah. I have watched these earlier seasons and one day he just has these designs and he thinks and he shares them with Patricia. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't they didn't really um they don't I, I don't remember the big explanation. I really think it's I mean, like one day something he's that was a butter in knife him. to Monday is taking a butter knife to a wall to and the, the next wall. day mm-hmm. he's like, I can sew squares and that was it. Yeah, and I don't know if it was like a genuine creative interest, an outlet, or if it's like a misplaced. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they explained it, and I forgot. But um, one day he's just sharing designs, and Patricia tells him it looks like clip art, and that he needs to refine his designs a little bit. And she yeah. was not wrong. Um, Danny is a peripheral friend of mm. who used to date Shep. Um, and I, she kind of has a scary trajectory on the show. Like, I feel like by the end, she's like completely come undone. But she's very much peripheral. We haven't even gotten through the cast of characters yet. Okay. And then there's JD, another friend of. He's like all the guy's buddy who's older and married with young kids. So he can't like go out and party, but clearly wants to. And he's just, he's like that. Um, You know the type. He's like I don't, a, somebody's uncle, right? Like yeah, he kind of feels like their uncle, uncle, but he's their friend. And he's like the not wingman but he's like the hype man he's like the hype man of the show like he's always like his scenes he like makes it known that he's there he rubs me the wrong way so news has come out about him as well that I won't cover that's like not been great so I think what he projected was real it was like very phony uh not sincere and he owns a lot of businesses in Charleston I wrote down so okay great (laughs) (laughs) um again Catherine and Thomas Their drama will be referenced because so much of the show's plot centers around it, but we're not going down a deep dive into their story because it's, it's honestly, it's too sad to me. So I'd like to officially start, even though we are however many minutes in with what I think is the weirdest part of the show's story, which is that Whitney is the show's creator and executive producer. Why? Why? Like, would he? Why? Why? Well, so I'll tell you, I don't know if this answers your why, because it's a great question, but originally what he pitched was a documentary on Thomas. 
Really? The whole show was just going to be about Thomas's return to politics and like kind of his redemption story after prison. <laughs> that would not have worked. Although, I mean, the show very much centers Thomas's story. But um, yeah. when he pitched it, the feedback was like, he's part of the story. He's not the whole story. These casts of characters like this is the right. show so he got good advice huh. like because i don't think like only thomas all thomas only thomas would have no. made for good tv so they started kind of piecing together his friendships pulling in a couple more people and adding whitney to it which can you think of any shows where the executive producer and creator is also a cast member i was trying to think of this like it does not feel normal to me no, I, yeah, I can't think of that. Like, I remember hearing that and was thinking, like, how did that happen? Because he doesn't even really have a personality for television at all. No. Like, if anybody it on this show. It seems like he hates it and hates them. And the TV hates him. And it doesn't make right. a lot of sense for him to be on there. And then whenever you find out the executive producer thing, you think, well, did he make them put him on there? Because it doesn't make sense. Like, he seems to have this life that he doesn't need this. I don't know. Like he's it's rich. super weird to me. And I didn't like find anything in my research that explained more to that story, like why he chose to put himself in the cast. I, I think it was such a weird choice. And I think it creates a really weird dynamic. Yeah. In the cast. Like if you're driving the plot as the show's executive producer, but you're also participating as a friend, it just feels like a very weird conflict of interest. And I'm shocked at how much his friends quote friends on the show, like, push back at him and like kind of make fun of him because he's a real weirdo oh yeah like he's totally. like I, like i would go as far as to say like he might be a deviant in some but ways I like i can't even believe he would let the stuff with Catherine ever be on there like well okay, we'll get sorry. to that yeah okay. no no that's okay so to me that's just like a weird way for this show to even exist in that framework yeah. so he and patricia kind of are the 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 center of the show and like we mentioned, she's the matriarch. She's sort of the Lisa Vanderpump. Like she's the right. Lisa Vanderpump to this cast of kids in that she's over involved. Everyone's seeking her approval. These people's livelihood don't depend on her in the way like of the restaurant. Although sure. in a weird way with the show, they kind of do because, you know, yeah. Whitney and Patricia are able to like control a lot of probably what goes on on the cast. I'm wondering if you did, if you noticed a name I didn't mention in that lineup of early seasons, do you remember a man named Cooper Ray? The redhead. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're so good. Because I've completely forgotten about him. We meet Cooper in season two of Southern Charm, and he's Patricia's neighbor, friend. He's known in her Southern society circles. He often accompanies her to galas, charities, social events, and he's a menswear designer. So he's often doing shows and having the guys model in the shows and he seems kind of like Michael in that he's like fun like the scenes he's in are fun Patricia and him are very close and when Catherine's drama starts happening in the show which happens really early on in the first couple of seasons yeah. she hooks up with Thomas they're 30 years difference but we learn that she had just hooked up with Shep and possibly Whitney allegedly it's all coming out in the first one two three episodes and Patricia really, really does not like Catherine. She thinks she's low class. She thinks she's trashy. She thinks she's not good enough for her son, not good enough for Thomas, not good enough for any of them. And by season two, she's saying to Cooper, like, we don't associate with her. Explicitly, she says this to him. Mm -hmm. And if you do, I won't associate with you. And she really works hard to ice Catherine out of the group. She starts right. spreading really mean things about her to the women, the guys, everybody. And I got the feeling that Cooper sort of needed and wanted Patricia's friendship more than she necessarily needed his. Totally. So he went with it. But then things started to change. And by season three, people were coming around to forming their own opinion of Catherine. She was sort of proving herself as a maturing adult. She's now a mother. And people's opinions of her start to shift, but not Patricia's. But Cooper's did. And so... Cooper's friendly with her, and this really upsets Patricia. So the season ends, and it's the last season we see him. And initially he says he left Bravo because he had other projects going on. He couldn't juggle it all. But he has since changed his story and said that Patricia is responsible for ensuring he wasn't brought back on. Mm. So it sounds like he was initially saving face, and now he just has doesn't care and has nothing to right. lose. So what happened between seasons three and four? 
Once Cooper knew he wasn't going back to Southern Charm, he took to social media and he basically spilled all the Charleston tea. He even started a paid subscription Facebook group. Yeah. You knew this? I remember all of this because it was just so wild. I didn't yeah, join I, it, but I, I didn't even know, know you could have a paid Facebook group. Yeah, I think it was um, like a two week period and he was part of it. Yeah, well, he really got in there at the ground floor opportunity and leveraged it and basically saved the best tea for that group. And he held nothing back. He also started a company where he would host tours of Charleston and he would take people to the like the haunts, the bars. They would go by Patricia's house. They would go by all the places the cast went. Usually groups of girls or women on bachelorette parties, birthdays, you can imagine. Fun fact, uh, whenever a few years ago, we had a true crime podcast meetup in Charleston and I got to help organize it and I picked Charleston. I helped encourage uh, Charleston so I could visit all of the places. Yes. So uh, on the little like a horse and buggy or whatever tour, the guy was like asking if we had questions. I'm like, do you know where the Southern Charm <laughs> people live? And he, he was like, so tired of answering that question. Aww. And I did get a picture outside of Patricia's house and it looks nothing like not. It's like a wall. Like you can't see anything. But like I figured out where it was and it was it's one of the worst pictures. I'll have to see if I can find it. Cause oh, please. There's do. nothing. It looks like I'm standing outside of a, a weird prison and like scared right. to be. It's like a fortress in front. Yeah, it totally does. So like whatever they do in video and it just doesn't look anything like I thought it would. But yeah, that's my, that, I really was so excited to go there. I feel like it's such a small city. It wouldn't be unheard of to run into them. Like I've been there totally. a couple of times. I actually didn't run into anybody, but um, my husband's best friend lives there. It's a cute city. I mean, beautiful, yeah. Love it. lovely city. Okay, so he even starts making money from this tour where he's spilling all the goods about Patricia and the rest of the cast, but really he's like going hard on Mm. Patricia. So they start feuding off camera and took, and this was for years, like apparently the beef went deep and he was saying really, really terrible things about her. And I guess it got so bad that it took several years, but in September of 2019, Patricia slapped Cooper with a lawsuit for defamation of character. Wow. The suit claimed that Ray has engaged in, quote, consistent extended course of attacking and maligning Miss Altschul in public comments, videos, quotes in the media, publications to social media channels, as well as through other actions. The suit claims that Cooper Ray continues to wage a persistent campaign of verbally abusing, defaming, and taking other action to harm Ms. Altschul and her reputation. Apparently, the things that he was saying was that she was a cheat and a liar and has a substance abuse problem. And worst of all, maybe what you could say of a Southern lady is that she didn't even write her own cookbook. Oh. Um, I looked mm-hmm. into her. I know, right? The, auda- the audacity. <laughs> I checked out this cookbook and literally it's her name and another name. Like there's two names on it. I'm right. like, I actually admire that she acknowledges she co-authored yeah. this because most of the housewives don't. No, absolutely not. We know they have ghostwriters, but they don't put their names on the cover. So as with most lawsuits that we look into, Melissa, it's unclear if they settled or not. But my guess is it might have even been dismissed because a few months later, I have a feeling this happened because Patricia wasn't getting the results she wanted from this lawsuit. So she requested a restraining order against Cooper, saying that Cooper was harassing her, spying on her, and that she felt unsafe having him within a few hundred feet of her home. Here was the problem with that. When you were right by Patricia's house, you were also right by Cooper's office. His office was literally across the street. So he had to be within 300 feet of her home. He rides his bike into town to his office and he sits on the front porch of his office, which faces Patricia's house. And she interpreted that as stalking. This is my understanding. Now they had to go to court over this. And our beloved Michael the butler had to take the stand to defend his employer. And this man clearly will take a bullet for her because he got on the stand in Patricia's defense and said that Cooper taunted him online and rode his bicycle by Ms. Patricia's home. Therefore, he, Michael, was forced to arm himself to protect his boss and himself from harm. Now, I tend to believe Michael. I also believe he's probably terrified of losing his job or just terrified of Patricia. I don't know. But that was, he was deposed and that is his testimony. That they were scared and that he had to be armed and carry a gun. But I don't know why he had to carry a gun. I'm gonna send you a quick clip. Okay. Listen to this. 
Hermes extremely rare matte pink alligator Birkin bag. Possibly the rarest and most sought after bag in the oh world. God. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Oh my God, it's so fabulous. <laughs> I have something that will go just with it. Oh my God, this is so gorgeous. With oh my God. <laughs> it's not it's not real, is it? You're pulling my leg. Of course it's real. Really? It's a, Yeah, it's a 38. But it's bubblegum pink. Pink 38 or not, however, whatever it was he was carrying, they felt scared for their life. So the judge ended up dismissing the restraining order. He found that there was no cause and no reason. So with that, you would think it would be the end of the story. And I'm shocked that it wasn't, but... A month later, Patricia called the police to report suspicious activity. Police came, and after a very thorough investigation of her home, they looked around. They didn't see anything. Doors were locked. There was no signs of forced entry. Literally nothing for them to even report. The police stated that Patricia went on and on about Cooper and was essentially just regurgitating the claims from the lawsuit Mm. that was filed against him, of which the police were very aware. So they were like, okay, we think this lady just has a vendetta and wants to, again, get this on our radar. And maybe like the judge will reconsider and say, oh, we should get that restraining Mm -hmm. order approved because he was here. But there really was very much no evidence that he was. So I don't know why. I don't know if it happened or not. But she is so overly involved in the lives of these. They're not kids. They're all adults. But like maybe manufacturing drama is just part of like what how she passes what else is she doing exactly exactly right i think she's gotten into this place where she has to do this because it's sort of like this hole she's kind of placed herself in but whenever you're like sorry whenever you're like sick for a couple days and you can just you know if this happens and you can watch tv for several hours at some point even i who love tv i'm like i have nothing else to do like I, I, there's nothing else to watch or you're just tired of it. Can you imagine being somebody who literally, she has nothing to do ever, 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 ever. Exactly. Of course you're going to create some drama. You've got money to spend. Right. Exactly. And no job to go to. Like if her job is being on the show, which is creating drama, you can see like, here's the problem. Right. Um, But this drama, I don't think she wanted to be a part of. This whole court case where where Michael had to be deposed and she had to testify it wasn't her only court appearance in that same year she was called in to Thomas and Catherine's custody battle now their crimes and custody battle as we know could be a whole podcast it was so and continues to be so messy but you have to wonder why in the world would Patricia be called Mm -hmm. in for their custody case for anybody who hasn't watched Southern Charm we mentioned Thomas Catherine in the beginning. They have had uh, two children together, not married, and uh, lots of accusations between them, calling each other unfit and um, failed drug tests. And so there's they're always going to court to renegotiate child custody. Whatever you think worst case scenario is, that's what happens to them the entire time they're together and apart. You just and think, could it just get worse? when you and it think it can't get exactly, exactly. Now I do want to take this time to state that. Um, just like you and I and our listeners probably change our opinion about reality stars, sometimes even within the course of an episode. I mean, you yeah. so graciously called me out on calling Rand winsome, not once, but twice. <laughs> like when you did it I, the second time, I thought you remembered that you had sent it to me. It, no, no, like, I clearly needed an intervention. It was it was right that you spoke up because um, <laughs> obviously I now have a different opinion. So I think reality stars themselves do this as well because Patricia has actually warmed to Catherine and the two now consider themselves friends. So if you're following them publicly now, they're like, they're just fine. So weird. She has publicly turned on Thomas, as has most of the cast, in light of very troubling allegations that continue just to get worse. Um, Though some are saying it's a little bit of a like daylight dollar short thing with her that she should have been, she might have been the only person that back then could have said like, get your stuff together, dude. Mm -hmm. So Thomas's legal team believes that Patricia colluded with Catherine to convince one of Thomas's exes to accuse him of sexual assault. The judges ordered Patricia to turn over all text communications between her, Catherine, and this other woman. And 
Patricia's lawyer is like, this is crazy. You know, she's not super young. She cannot be on the stand for six hours, like kind of doing like what lawyers do. Like she's probably fine. But yeah. like she can't, you know, spend a day in court. Thomas's lawyer was like, well, she has the energy to be on a reality show. So we think she's just fine. Yeah. And the judge agreed. So she got deposed. Now, remember that controversial hookup that we talked about and I said, we'll get there between Whitney and mm -hmm. Catherine and like why in the world if he has executive producer credit, would he not have just like removed it from the narrative entirely? Right. Because it didn't just happen in that first season. It happened again later, like midway through the show. Oh, yeah. It happened again. So Whitney, after the second one, was going around denying it, which actually really hurt Catherine. And she's kind of famously, this quote of her has gone around where she's like, you know, a lot of people have lied about saying they've slept with me, but nobody has ever lied saying they didn't, which I thought was funny. <laughs> and instead of Whitney just coming clean or giving reasons why he was denying it, Patricia, his mom, makes a statement about it and says, Whitney kept thinking the subject was closed, but he should have spelled it out more to Catherine. I was being sued by Thomas, as was Bravo. Being a producer of the show, he wanted to avoid hours of depositions and lawyers since he was filming another project in London. So it sounds like he just didn't want to get dragged into the custody case because if he hooked up with her, then Thomas's team is obviously going to say, no, she's unfit. Look, she's doing this. Also, is it not a problem just that he was like her employer technically? Or maybe he's not. Maybe Bravo's, maybe there's some contractual loophole. I think the whole thing would have been a really bad look for him to get with anybody in the cast. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I feel like that was on the ski trip or something that they talked about that. And she was like, why yeah. would you deny this or whatever? Yeah. So we're supposed to believe he was working on another project. <laughs> I know in London. It's so cryptic. It's like girlfriend in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we know what this means. I think all of this is so gross. But if you just take the reality show part out of this scenario and you think these are normal people and then you involve the mom and like their ages it's all just so wrong and disturbing. I mean, it says a lot about us watching it too. Like, I get it. Absolutely. But it's just so weird. But so this is like one of the, sorry, first reality shows I can remember where there's like a pregnancy that happens and all this like, like they don't I come mean, into the pregnancy. They come into these people meeting, right? Yeah. I don't remember anything like this. And then it's custody and like, it was no. must must see TV at the time because it, we were watching it, was a it soap opera. in real time. Yeah, it yeah, was it was a wild. real life soap opera. There was a pregnancy scare in like the second episode, and then woof, phew, she's not. But then by the end of season one, she's pregnant, and season yeah. two starts, and they're having a baby. Yeah. Um. No, the stakes were so so high, mm -hmm. and the show is different now, obviously, than than this era of the right. show. Um. But anyway, back to the court cases. Most of this is probably settling out of court because there's nothing currently I could find about resolution on any of it. And Catherine and Thomas's story is so volatile and changes all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see if it's going to play out in the new season, which is slated to come out soon, I think. It's saying early 2022, so should be any time. But do you know what I've realized in doing the research for this, Melissa, is I don't think I can watch it. This show, not only did it not age well... I don't think it was well at the time it was on. Like, it's so problematic. It's 2014, and I feel like it's like another universe. And I, not only do I think the show wouldn't get picked up, I think the show would get, like, slammed now. Oh, but yeah. it's still on. So I don't understand, and I just think it's, like, it's gone off the rails. They're, for as trashy as that those first seasons were, there was a plot, and there were these, like, major life things happening like it's devolved mm. into this just like mess of people what do you think about like later years southern charm yeah i um not super into it i know when they tried to bring austin in it was like bringing in fresh blood getting rid of landon which oh i always forget she her. exists <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was she hated catherine with a uh, hate no one but Patricia did really. It was it was awful. They were so mean to Catherine, and Catherine so has mean. her demons and all of her own yeah. issues. But they were terrible. Horrible. Like, but they're all just awful. Completely, yeah. So I just think it's gone on too long. I think we, we've allowed it. 
I think Craig's cr- tricked us into thinking he's a good guy, but he's not. He is not a good guy. I forgot and how bad he was. Me too. And I think you and I kind of got duped like a lot of people. And we've been like, you know, we're like charmed by those dimples and those teeth. But like, no. And, you know, he's having his like resurgence with Paige. But then we see his recent behavior on Summer House with her. And I know they're mm-hmm. fine now, but I'm, I'm just I'm not I don't approve. And but I think that's I who just, he is as a person. Like that's I agree. And, him. And if you go back and watch this, this is like who he was then. And he was just mm-hmm. like, is it bad to say girls are my hobby? I mean, he says that to Cameron. Like they all just say the most oh. awful, awful things. And in conclusion, Southern Charm is a terrible show and everyone on it except for Michael the butler is a monster and now he's in an assisted living home and frankly, I'm glad and I hope he's getting a much deserved break and also Southern Charm, Nola is far superior. I love it. And it only sucks that there's no crimes or scandals on that show because they're decent human beings. Otherwise, we could have talked about them. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's my thesis. He's the producer of Southern Charm, New Orleans. Whitney. Mm -mm. Wait, there was another Southern Charm too, right? There was Savannah. Savannah. I did watch that one. But New Orleans was so good. So good. So good. And also high drama. So much drama. And what's her face? Feel wrong. Leaves her husband, then gets pregnant by her old boyfriend, and then we don't see anything else. Let me see it. I we want to see it. I mean, those characters and those friendships seemed so real. Yeah. And like without a heavy hand, I felt like that show dealt with some real Mm. important topics without like that retroactive like oh we should start talking about these important exactly. matters now it was like very organic to who they were as friends in the place that they lived absolutely they had interesting jobs none of that is true mm-hmm. in charleston and i think whitney is like just super super gross uh, and he is i'm gonna take a shower after this episode and that's how i feel i've been watching so much early southern charm and i'm not happy about it and i hope you, Melissa, and listeners like enjoyed this weird little story about Patricia and Cooper, but I truly have had my first regret of like a story. Like I forgot what monsters everybody on the show is. They really are. But you know what, Rebecca? Here's something that please Southern Charm gave us. It gave us Madison and Austin in that terrible threesome video, not threesome video, like watching it, but whenever she recorded it. And oh then he's like, Madison, gosh. Madison, that is some of my favorite. Like she just would take, I want to watch a season of her just taking them all to task because she is like the only person that could stand up to them and just. And I she agree. Told- I have my feelings about her. Oh, but sure. she also gave us Muppet Mouth. She gave us Muppet Mouth and she gave one of the phrases that I say in my head all the time, which is just, I heard you gave her chlamydia and just like <laughs> totally unprovoked. Was that like Danny and that playing in my head all the time? And poor Danny's like, what? That, yeah, that was awful. That oh, was awful. But yes, she gave us terrible. that. And like my favorite though, because he is such a, sh- shut your mu- shut your Muppet mouth. Sh- yeah. How does she say it? Like she's like, she, I mean, the twang is so good. It's like, it's Muppet so mouth. good. She ruined um, uh, J-Lo and A-Rod. I mean, she, to wield she's that really, power, but she's high on that power. Oh, she's very high on that power. But like, and, oh man, just something about that. Just that one line, which was so terrible, but you could just watch her little so wheel spinning and then terrible. But she, I heard you she, gave her chlamydia. Yeah, she came in and she's like, I know what I'm doing here. Freaking uh, uh, night. See, you, see you, I deal in facts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Want to know facts? Yeah. What do you <laughs> think you know about me? The, the, what do I, I think I know about you? Yeah. I have nothing to hide. You, you sure about that? Yeah. you gave her chlamydia <laughs> um yeah. if you'll notice i didn't even mention austin's name i know he's like a later season character but um i just i cannot with him no. also forgot about landon um yeah. jenna was on season one she that was, was one and forced done. down our throat that was that not feels a like thing. a whitney move to me that's like we yeah. need an edgy girl who doesn't fit the mold turns out she wasn't even from charleston like of course not she was a complete not. fraud and it's so weird. Um, so I didn't even bother bringing her into the story. But um, I'm sure she's a lovely person. Just like yeah. that was a weird <laughs> casting choice. 
Um, yeah, I just I'm like I'm gonna make a point if I if I feel a moment of weakness to watch this new episode, this new season. I'm not going to. I'm gonna remind myself of this episode and how I feel. Thank you. I ask for accountability. I, I I'm putting this out into <laughs> the it. whole the whole audience. Yeah, just you guys need to call me out when I call people winsome who aren't, and when I say I'm gonna watch Southern Charm and I shouldn't. I do want to uh, point out that I didn't save that text message from you, but I was able to search the word winsome and it was the only one that popped up. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Apparently winsome is not a commonly used word as no. evidenced and echoed by our um, Instagram followers. Yeah. And I told my husband this. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I thought winsome was like kind of something people said. He's like, no, you say that a lot, though. <laughs> like, that's like your word. Like, you use that a lot. I'm like, why? And clearly for the wrong people, I'm misusing it. Yeah, that might be it. Maybe you're using it for terrible people. And now you know. Now we all know. Yeah, I have a lot of growing to do. Look, I am a work in progress. Um, also, Southern Charm gave us this. I like that song, yeah. though. That was a good, they did great with that because, I mean, we I know. really don't get theme songs. We used to have one for Summer House and they don't even play that anymore. It didn't even make I sense. love that song. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it, I love it. It's um, something about, and I'll take you there. Yeah. yeah I know yeah, a yeah. place and I'll take you there. I'm like, take yeah. me there. But now they don't. They stop taking us places. Yeah, they, they don't just are like, let's just, just show you a man drop that us Kyle into the scene. Yeah. <laughs> now it just starts like, Kyle. Um, well, enough about Southern Charm. Tell me what in the world have you been watching? Thank you so or much, let Rebecca. Me guess. This was so fun. Okay, here we go. Let me see. I will give you three clues. Okay. My three clues are Hulu, movie. Okay. Um, I'm going to say J-Lo, but J-Lo is not a real, real one. What? Okay, J Lo is not good. Hulu movie murder. Well, this How has me written all over it. Well, let me add another clue for you. Erotic thriller, I think, is what I read the description as after. Oh, you know it. If, if they're saying it's like a great date movie. Who is they? They. Um. Oh man, is it like Taken or like um, it's two is words? It like one. Okay. I know exactly what it is. I don't know the words. Name a star from it. I don't know. I can't. Oh, I don't okay. know the stars of it. Do you? But want I me can to totally you? picture it, and I feel like everyone's talking about it. Ready? Yeah, I do. Yes. Deep water. Deep water. But this is the picture I am choosing instead. This is Finn <laughs> <laughs> Affleck during his Dunkin' Donuts phase, and this is his girlfriend that he broke up with, and then threw away the life-size picture of her right after they broke up. And she stars in the movie as well. Wait, it's his real his movie when they were girlfriend. dating. Yeah, so she's in, real in the life? movie mm-hmm. during oh, filming the two I don't dating. Know about that. Oh, and tell me everything. <laughs> Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck actually dated, I guess, during this. They dated during quarantine, broke up. That isn't okay. important. It's okay. uh, – I read this after the words erotic thriller, psychological thriller. Don't waste your time. Well, I mean, it's like a hate watch. I watched it in okay. three separate sections. Like, it just isn't okay. great. Here's the thing I've decided. I hate movies. I hate movies. Yeah. There is it's so no hard for me plot like all of a sudden you're like they're together and I'm just supposed to like know that they've been together for a long time and they have a kid and I think she hates the kid but I can't quite tell because she's only spent one scene with her so does she I don't know maybe she's having a bad day they so it's like this woman's like having openly having affairs and her husband knows about it and like what's happening to the person she's seeing and so that's not really giving anything away. So it's just like going okay. through that. So it's like a mystery. Yeah, now I can picture all the trailers. Now it's like I, I totally it's like it's always been a game. Yeah. The final scene is truly like if I if I told you, think of the worst way to end this movie. The worst way. Okay. 
you would still come up with a better idea than they did. It is that, like, I'm not kidding you. Anybody that's watched it will know what I'm talking about. The texting, they will know just how absolutely, like, absolutely not. So I read some stuff afterwards that was, like, kind of to make it make more sense. Not like it's, like, so deep or anything, but just, like, what the heck did I just watch? And it made a little bit more sense, but still, I was like, this is a waste of time. $50 million budget. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. Did your no. husband watch it? Mm-mm. No. He would have been like, what is this, Melissa? And I already yeah. had to, like, watch it with headphones when I saw erotic thriller of course. and saw, like, yeah, four yeah, nipples. Yeah. I just was like, oh, it's a Ben Affleck movie. Like, sometimes my husband and I watch this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now, I, it's, like, it's being very heavily advertised. I don't know why. I couldn't remember that name read a couple tweets um, yeah right um i also the lost city like can't escape it it's everywhere mm-hmm. i can't deal with how much it's being advertised well i mean um, they've okay. got to make up their 50 million dollars somehow yeah right i'll probably skip that one then i kind of want you to watch it just because um i want to know what you think about the end like that's okay. how much but it's just like None of this is sustainable, but what's going on? I don't know. I'm just like. <sighs> I prefer my the, erotic ones to be, you know, college aged. Or <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. They're, well, she is one of the hottest people on the planet, I think. Whenever yeah. I saw her in this, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you were made yeah. for this terrible gorgeous. role. But yeah. she is so beautiful. Um, just yeah. like something about her is just gorgeous. And um, and he's yeah. Ben Affleck. He's Ben Affleck. <laughs> we didn't see his Phoenix tattoo. I don't think he was mm. nude ever. I mean, like, not I'm not like pushing this as a porn, but I, he was like, I don't remember seeing anything really with him. I think yeah. he keeps it covered up pretty well. Well, he's not um, the Ben Affleck of you know yesteryear. No, but please watch it. Um, and if you okay. have watched it, uh, let me know your thoughts because that whole last thing was. Dukes of Hazard esque. It was just so ridiculous. Oh so. my gosh! Oh yeah, you know anyone who's listening who's watched it will definitely let us mm-hmm. know when we when we post. Um, yeah, maybe. Okay, yeah, maybe I will. Well, movies are hard for me now. Like I am very much in like an episodic headspace that diving into a two hour movie is is disorienting. There's just no plot. Like it, yeah, it, there's just nothing. Like he has this one friend for a while. I'm like, but I want to know how you met. I need a two right. episode arc of your childhoods <laughs> and how he saved you from a well. Right. I need something. I'm just supposed to buy into this friendship. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe any. Of no, this. I hear you. Um, interesting. Well, I was excited because two of my clues are Hulu. Well, one of my clues is Hulu. I thought maybe we were going in the same place. You're gonna get mine because it's. But now I'm so wishing me. I did a different one. But go ahead. I no, thought this okay. was yours. Okay. You thought this was mine. Oh, interesting. No, no. I didn't think the one that you're oh. doing is yours. But the other oh. one I had I thought was going to be. Oh, I'm so curious. Um, okay, Hulu, book, podcast. Hold on. Hold on. This is not what I thought. Hulu, Well, book, it might be. And I'm just – I'm. It's based on a book and a podcast. Oh, the dropout. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was like, yeah, this took a turn. <laughs> I didn't want to say blood. I, yeah. I, my I was brain like, is Bill. done. Are you watching? I actually have not started watching it. I felt like I got a little too much Sick information it? about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just was waiting to hear what people thought. But everybody seems to really like it, right? I really like it. And I will say, just if we're going to like, you know, c- compare things in the same genre like I thought Inventing Anna was not good the Netflix right. um Anna Delvey show mm-hmm. like or I think it like grew I completed it did I talk about that on here no I don't think I did I don't think you did but I heard the same thing where people well people that really knew the story were like no this wasn't good yeah it did a disservice to the story Julia Garner was amazing who played right. Anna Delvey but that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about I, I bring it up because this was so, in my opinion, this is so well done. Mm-hmm. And it's like what that series could have been. Right. Um, Amanda Seyfried. Is yeah. that how you say her last name? I have um, never, I only read it. I've never said it. <laughs> I know, exactly. She is amazing in this. Mm. I think it's so, like where they've taken creative license likely has been very smart and like mm. 
you know, they have to. It's it's a it's a dramatized version. Sure. But I have read the book and I have listened to both podcasts. So I probably I'm seeing little things and people are like, that's crazy. I'm like, no, that happened. Like right. there's some parts that really I know for a fact did happen. Um I I just think it's it's so it's so well done. The danger of it, I think, is that it's almost making me kind of root for Elizabeth Holmes mm. a little bit because it's humanizing her to this point where sure. I'm like, you know, what did she know? Like, and I very much believe she knew. Right. And, um, but there's just something interesting. It's bringing up some of the like moral scruples around it okay. um, about villainizing her as a woman where like her male counterparts. Yeah, you don't hear anything about do them. this stuff all the time I think the difference is this is like a health care thing and this was people's health yeah and a lot of the products even a lot of the men in the movie that they reference like Zuckerberg and stuff or a lot of people are comparing her it's like well a social media platform and you know a potentially life-saving health device are very different products to push out to the market so that's where I think this is a very different story but um it's just it's really enjoyable and and I think whoever made it and cast it must have worked on 24, the show, because uh. there's so many actors from 24 that I haven't seen in years Interesting. Mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, someone worked there because there's just all these random people from 24 on it. Mm. Um, okay. I love it. It was not a fun experience going back and watching these early episodes of Southern Charm. Sure. That is until Whitney threw a 4th of July party in the first season at his new like loft style apartment that Cam forced him to buy so she could have some oh, money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a rooftop party and he had the party but all the guys on Southern Charm invited their own friends. Shep invited some girls. Three girls walk in. Hi everyone, this is my friend Rachel. It was Rachel Yucatel. <gasps> I was what? No. Yes. In a white dress looking hot. Of course. And she everyone's was. like like there was like a moment like they don't like say Rachel, you could tell, but they're like Shep's friend, Rachel. And then he's like, yeah, my friend Rachel from New York came like she's smoking or something. And that was all that was referenced. And then I like verified on the Internet that, in fact, it was her. Of course. Oh, Wild. my gosh. Yeah. But that all is just so interesting. Combined. Like, yeah, all the world's colliding. Like when she was probably like kind of riding that weird fame part of the all the disaster of what happened to her, like had some perks, I guess. And this was one of them. Meeting Shep. Debatable. Yeah, I know. Debatable. <laughs> it's just had to say that um so okay good tv week um watch a movie watch the dropout and deep water and then we're gonna do something different for next episode right i yes we are i'm so excited (laughs) so i swear every other day you and i are texting each other or um listeners are writing and saying did you see this did you see this every person that's been in our stratosphere whatever atmosphere yeah there's just updates galore. They're all getting into nonsense or nonsense is happening to them. Rebecca, you straight up yeah. canceled Tarek and uh, Christina's show. Thank you on behalf of humanity. Yes, I guess I can and can safely say you're welcome. But it's just so funny because that episode just came out and I was like, it's still running this boring show. And then it was like, it's over. It's like, exactly. Oh, they were like, we finally listened to someone. We needed one podcast and it's over. <sighs> Uh, literally after, um, well, whenever I was researching for Shana Mochler, she was on Celebrity oh Big gosh. Brother. And then total madness has happened to her after that. Lots. It's just constant. So we're going to do, in two weeks, we are going to do an update episode where we take you through each case or every story um, that we've done. We've done 30 of them, so it will be a few points on each because everyone's had things that have happened. There's so I- many updates. I can't believe it. I'm I'm going to be surprised if there isn't an update for everyone we've covered. I kind of feel like there is. And it'll be fun to revisit them. And this is a really fun two weeks for any new listeners to go back and like listen to all yeah. of them. Because we're going to be going back and uh, reviewing them in a Where Are They Now style yes. episode. I'm so excited. I know. This will be great. Two words for you. Kamora Lee. That has been blowing up my mind this week. If you don't know what we're talking about, just wait. Rebecca will break that I down for you. I can't wait to go back and dig in um yeah so we'll both do our all the episodes we've covered we'll do like a a shared style episode it'll be so fun sounds good cool you can find rebecca every week uh every wednesday on her other podcast dialogue make sure you subscribe and rate it five stars because it totally is 
<laughs> Thanks, Melissa. And you can do the same for Melissa's show every Tuesday, Moms and Murder. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Criminality Show. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.